Aramai. Good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. Flowers, chocolates, cards, romantic meals, cuddly toys and maybe even proposals of marriage. Yes, Valentine's Day is just around the corner and some will enjoy it as a celebration of love whilst others will reject it as materialistic and commercialised. But who started it? And whilst giving gifts and getting those mysterious unsigned Valentine cards is good for the day, is any of it what long-lasting, loving relationships are really about? Let's hear what these mature couples have to say about romance. Hi there, I'm Brenda. I've been married to Harold for over 63 years and we're still going strong. The love that we have is very, very hard to express in words. Brenda understands me so well. She looks after me and feeds me well, too. He has some funny little ways. I'm tolerant, but that makes it more interesting, doesn't it? I took him for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, and that's what I've tried to do. I try to show my love for my wife just by obeying her instantly (laughs) and generally laughing together. Hug him at times, kiss him at times. She might uh, give me a kiss now and then and we might uh, laugh a bit. Well, he doesn't make a fuss about little things. He's got a great phrase that his mother gave him. She used to say, never make a first-class row over a second-class matter. I always have the last word, even if it's only yes, dear. (laughs) Wasn't it Shakespeare who said, love is a many splendid thing? And we all went, yes, love, many splendours, that kind of thing, without really having a clue what he was on about. Because it's quite hard to analyse, love is. I remember as a teenager going weak at the knees following a disco where the conversation between me and the young lady I was keen on consisted mainly of the words, yes, no, sometimes, and what? We'd swapped addresses and I'd written her a letter. Yes, a letter. As I recall, I offered to lend her my ELO album and she wrote back to say she already had a boyfriend with a car and parents with a villa in Spain. So the burgeoning romance dissolved into Mr Blue Sky thinking... Valentine's Day always used to be an occasion for much hilarity. I'm convinced my friends always used to invent mythical girlfriends and send themselves cards. I tended to mess things up a bit by getting the girl's address wrong or sending a card with my name on it rather than from your mysterious admirer or something cool and intriguing. At the end of the day, we all want to know we're loved and to be able to give love too. The good thing is that whatever the state of your relationships, whether romance is alive and well or sat shivering and coughing in a corner, we are all loved by God. He accepts us as we are and offers us a fresh start, no matter how much of a fool we've been in the past. Jesus may have been betrayed with a kiss, but he's never stopped loving us.
Wallingford Parish Church Choir with Love Divine or Love's Excelling, still one of the most popular wedding hymns. St. Valentine's Day, or the Feast of St. Valentine, was first established by Pope Galatius I to honour one or maybe two Italian saints named Valentinus, who were martyred on February the 14th in different years in the 3rd century. I should perhaps mention around that time, Valentinus was a very popular name. So who was St. Valentine? Well, there are a number of stories in circulation which might be about the same person or about different people with the same name. It's said that one Valentinus was a temple priest who was imprisoned for ministering to Christians when they were being persecuted by the Roman Empire. While in prison, he fell in love with a young woman, the jailer's daughter, and sent her a farewell note, signed, From Your Valentine, before his execution. One version of the story says that the young woman was blind and Valentine healed her, adding to his status as a saint with miraculous powers. Another Valentine story says that he was imprisoned and beheaded for performing secret weddings at a time when Emperor Claudius had forbidden his young soldiers to marry, thinking this would make them better fighters. This Valentine was the first bishop of the town of Terni in Umbria and lived in the 3rd century, and devotion to him continued for centuries after his martyrdom. Eventually his remains were taken from the ancient graveyard where they'd been laid to rest, and from the 17th century onwards have been in the Basilica of San Valentino, just outside the old town centre of Terni, where they continue to be a place of pilgrimage to this day. Coming a little closer to home, it's said that Valentine's Day became connected with romantic love through a poem by Geoffrey Chaucer, of Canterbury Tales fame. In 1375, he wrote, Parliament of Fowls, connecting romantic love to the beginning of the mating season for birds in mid-February. He wrote, For this was sent on St. Valentine's Day, when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate. It was a time in history when courtly love was flourishing and most likely some version of the story of St. Valentine had been carried across the continent by travellers and fitted well with the mood of the times. So couples took the occasion to express their love in the form of poses of flowers, sweetmeats and cards. So what does all this mean? Well, I think it's for you to decide what the day means and if and how you'll celebrate it. Personally, I think it's a great opportunity to celebrate the gift of loving relationships, whether it be for family, friends, partners or neighbours, because Jesus said that people would know his true followers by the love they show to each other. The year is 269 AD. How much time have I got left? I'm sitting in a cold, damp cell waiting for an executioner. My crime? Marrying couples. Yes, you heard me. Absurd, isn't it? See, our emperor had a strange idea that if soldiers were single, they'd be more likely to sign up with the Roman army. So marriage was banned. Stupid idea. That's what I thought. That rule was meant to be broken. So I started to wed couples in secret. I knew I'd be discovered at some point. But I brought happiness into people's lives. 
That's what a priest does, isn't it? Spread a bit of love and hope in the world. I just have to remember what first inspired me. That line in the Bible that says that if I have no love, I'm nothing. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. My name is Valentine, and this is my story. I can't believe it. They took Valentine away today. They took him. He's gone. They've taken him to the city square. He's been sentenced to death and for what? Marrying couples? What sort of crime is that? All he did was try to bring some good into this world. Why did this have to happen? Why? He just wanted to spread the word of love and give people hope. It's just amazing what he did. This man, this priest, Valentine. He went against the law just to give people some happiness in their life. And now his life has been cut short. I remember when we were sitting together. He looked at me through the bars of his prison cell and told me what he believed. He said, three things will last forever. Faith. Hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. He left me a letter and signed it. From your Valentine. A little bit of love goes a long, long way. A little love, a little love. A little bit of love and I'm on my way A little love, a little love A long way but we'll get there together A long way but we'll get there soon Along the way we can lean on each other A little love goes a long, long way A little love, a little love a little bit of love and the sun comes shining A little love, a little love A little bit of kindness and someone smiling A little love, a little love A long way but we'll get there together A long way but we'll get there soon Along the way we can lean on each other a little love goes a long, long way A little love, a little love Little drops of rain can trickle down into a puddle Then the puddles get together Making streams and make a river The rivers fill the valleys with a roaring and a rushing Then the little drops of rain have made a wide, 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 wide ocean A long way but we'll get there together a long way, but we'll get there soon. Along the way, we can lean on each other. A little love goes a long, long way. A long way, but we'll get there A little bit of love, a song Graham Kendrick wrote and recorded during the first COVID lockdown. And now, staying with the theme, I've got another love story for you. 
actress Wendy Craig has enjoyed a long and distinguished career in film, television and theatre. She made her first appearance on stage at three years old and later appeared in numerous West End productions and films in the 60s with some of the leading actors of the time. During the 70s and 80s, she became one of the UK's most popular mothers in domestic sitcoms like Not in Front of the Children and then as Rhea Parkinson in Butterflies, where she was mother to two teenage sons and happily but not excitingly married to Ben, played by Geoffrey Palmer, a dentist who collects butterflies. She made this role her own with her cooking disasters and constant rages against the boredom of housework. Wendy Craig wrote and starred in Nanny, a serious historical drama set in the 1930s. Her catalogue of work is impressive and includes a long stint with the Royal Shakespeare Company, after which Wendy returned to television in the Edwardian family drama The Foresight Saga. And then, in 2003, she arrived at the Royal as the kindly, capable matron a fitting summation of all the television wives and mothers she's played over the years. Now in her late 80s, she has this love story to share. My parents, um, I think they had some sort of faith. I mean, they didn't go to church very much, but they seemed to believe in God. But the one who really led me to Jesus was my granny. She came to live with us. She was blind and... Uh, quite old and frail, although looking back now, she wasn't all that old. I used to creep into her room because I loved being with her and I knew she had a tin of sweets under the bed as well. We used to talk about all sorts of things and I used to curl her hair and she used to say, well, you make me feel very pretty. And she started teaching me about Jesus and told me Bible stories, taught me how to pray, say little prayers. And I suppose I caught really quite early, a strong faith from my granny. And then I went to Durham High School for Girls, which was really quite closely affiliated to the cathedral in Durham. We were taken there for services and things. And um, I found in, in there a great sense of spirituality and, and a longing to be close to God. So really, my home was followed on by my school and the good teachers there who encouraged us to have faith. So when I was young, I had a really strong faith. But then so many things happened to me. I was working, I got married, I had my first child, and I gradually found that I didn't have time to go to church as often. I think, I think quite honestly, the world took over. I had a very busy professional life. Gradually, I walked away from my faith. My husband wasn't a Christian, not that he objected to my faith, but I didn't get any encouragement there and we didn't share anything of it. And I really got very far away from it to the place where I was actually asking myself, what on earth was I doing all that praying and going to church and hymn singing? What, what was all that about? I seemed to be able to manage perfectly well without God and all that. How wrong I was. What happened was... I'd done lots of things that I was not very happy with. And I had a great sense of shame, emptiness, longing for something I didn't know what. And it suddenly hit me. I think I was about 45. 
My my dog died. I, I was very, very fond of my dog, and we used to take lovely walks together. During that time, I did feel myself really extremely happy and peaceful when I was walking my dog. And when he died, I was heartbroken, absolutely heartbroken. And I thought, whatever is the matter with me? Your dog's died. You've had other dogs die before. And then I thought... No, but with this dog, and when I'd been walking along, looking at all the beautiful things in the countryside, and I felt so close to God without realising it. And suddenly I thought, I've got to get back to that innocence, to that security, that the confidence of knowing that God loves me. So I went down to the church and uh, confessed that, that I was really sorry. And I asked God to take me back, and I felt very strongly that he did. And from that moment on, my life changed, completely changed. It's just like a cloak dropping off you, a cloak of shame kind of falls to the ground and suddenly you feel, I'm safe, I'm safe. It's the most wonderful feeling. And God works in the most wonderful way because I was in the butchers about two days later and this lady said to me, Wendy Craig, aren't you? And I said, yes. She said, I've been looking forward to meeting you because we have a little group of women that meet on a um, Wednesday morning um, and we have a speaker and um, we talk about our faith and we pray together and we give each other strength. And, well, she'd never met me before. She didn't know that I'd suddenly come back to the Lord. <laughs> and uh, so she said, would you like to come? Well, of course, it was God handing me on a plate exactly what I needed. Every Wednesday morning, I used to trot along with all these lovely Christian ladies, some very good speakers. They gave me so much help and encouragement just when I needed it. That's how God works. In my dressing room, I always keep this book, which is favorite passages from the Bible that I can just leaf through and get comfort from. I just copy them out into this little notebook. And I think probably I have two favourite ones. Well, I'm a very ner nervous person on stage. I, I don't have a lot of confidence. Yeah. I go out there thinking, oh, I'm really quaking with fear. But if I read this before I go out, and I usually do, it gives me the courage to get out there and do it, you know. This is Joshua. Chapter 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And the other one is, I think we're always looking for peace, for peace of mind. It seems to be something that people long for. And um, this is Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts you.
Show Me The Way, sung by Sir Harry Seacombe and written by my guest this morning, the much-loved actress Wendy Craig. And now it's time to take a look at our notice board. This afternoon, Agnish Methodist Chapel invites you to a Valentine's coffee and chat. It's in the chapel this afternoon from half past two until four o'clock. Call in for tea, coffee, cakes, chocolates and roses. All are welcome. Tonight there'll be a Taze service in Balagheri Methodist Chapel. Gareth Moore will lead the music for this contemplative, candlelit service with Taze chants, times of silence and prayer. The Taze service in Balagheri is this evening at half past six and there's a warm welcome for everyone. On Tuesday, the 14th of February, Sandygate Chapel are supporting the Manx Heart Foundation by inviting you to drop in at the chapel where you can enjoy your choice of tea, coffee, biscuits and cake in return for a little donation. Sandygate Chapel will be open on the 14th from 10am until 12 noon. Several notice board items now from Bride. Firstly, the Wesley Guild will meet in the Methodist Church in Bride tomorrow, Monday evening at half past seven. Captain Stephen Carter will be the guest speaker with a collection of his very entertaining stories and there'll be light refreshments afterwards. And there'll be a warm space open this Wednesday the 15th in Bride Parish Church Hall. Pop in from two o'clock onwards and enjoy a cup of coffee and a chat. It's hoped that folk will come and share their memories of Bride Village life. Also in Bride Church Hall, there'll be a whist drive on Thursday evening, starting at half past seven. All are welcome and the proceeds will go to Macmillan Nurses. And still in Bride, but looking ahead to next Sunday, the 19th, Bride Methodist Church invite you to their pancake service next Sunday morning at half past ten in the hall in Bride Methodist Church. 
A short act of worship with hymns, followed by a delicious brunch of savoury and sweet pancakes. This is always a lovely celebration and a great way to prepare for the start of Lent, which begins with Ash Wednesday on February the 22nd. And that's all that we have time for now. But I'll be back tonight at nine o'clock for sundown and I'd love you to join me if you can. It's easy listening music with, just for tonight, lots of music from the legendary composer Bert Bacharach, who died a couple of days ago, leaving behind some of the most memorable music of the last seven decades. And you're very welcome to request your favourites too. That's from nine o'clock tonight here on Manx Radio. If you've got items for the notice board, do please email me, judithlay at manxradio.com. And so, till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening, and I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week, and a very good morning. <laughs>